the word of the Lord, according to Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as as came out of the ark, for it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, that shall never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel Proclamation is the Old Testament lesson that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. Our hope is remembering him. There is a real presence of motivational speakers in our society. I have noticed it on social media, at church conferences, and education conferences. Someone comes to the forefront of our viewing pleasure and entertains us with stories of triumph and you-can-do-it information. On social media, tends to be a wise saying for the day or an encouraging video detailing a story of triumph against all odds. Others take to the stage and share a life-learning experience and then interpret that experience as an opportunity to educate the masses on their potential, for it is for every beast of as an opportunity to educate the masses on their potential to achieve with the lessons they have learned. We always like these messages, and then we forget these messages because it really didn't apply to our individual circumstances, or sometimes simply wasn't true at all. Sometimes we find out that the speaker was not an achiever, that in fact they found the motivational speaking circuit as a way to escape their failures in life and a scam, a free fee out of unsuspecting open-minded people. We won't get fooled again, we cry, but then we do, because we forgot we have heard it before. And it sounds so good again. The perfect program that will save the church. The sermon series to beat all sermon series. The new software and hardware to end all software and hardware. And the latest strategic planning promises to solve all our woe and make the church great again. 
Nominal changes evolve, as everything has to. But the big promise of eternal success and glory evades us. And we feel betrayed by the snake oil salesman that sold us a bill of goods. And like the pop group from the 80s says, You made me promises, promises. You knew you never keep. You know whose fault that is? Go ahead. Put two thumbs up. That's right. This guy or gal. Why do we trust them? Why do we believe them? Why do we actually believe they could save us? Oh, God knew the guy, these guys were coming. And God knew he needed to get in our heads early to take up space that false purveyors of fiction would try to occupy as soon as possible. So God came to Noah and his sons right after the flood subsided and established a covenant, a promise which could not fail based on the unreasonable expectations of the people promised to or the inability of the promisor to provide. And at the first glance, it looks like it is all about us getting what we want the way we want it. No more flooding the whole earth. Sounds good to us in flood zones. Every future generation gets this promise as well. Yay! Our sons and daughters, our grandkids and great-grandkids will all be provided for. And rainbows in the sky will confirm this as a visual reminder that his promise will always be there. Covenant promises in the Bible are relationships between two parties that each agree to their equal participation. I will do my part, and you will do your part. The called worker in the church is a perfect example of this. Faith has called its various commissioned and ordained ministers, and we come ready to participate in the mission and ministry of the church. You promise to cover our medical and financial needs, and we promise to work to the best of our ability every day to live out that calling for Christ, free from the distractions of finances and medical needs. It is a covenant system that has worked from the very beginning of the church and still thrives in the church today with no foreseeable end to these promissory positions. But that is not what is happening in our lesson today. Romans chapter 8 is one of the most helpful chapters in the Bible and summarizes perfectly in verses 24 to 25 what God is doing in our Old Testament lesson today. It says, For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with endurance. In our lesson today, God alone gives us that hope with no expectation from us to achieve that hope. He holds on to us. He raises us up. And he makes the promise. He gives the sign in the skies, which shows itself in the clouds 
he created and set in their place to contain the rainbow. He remembers his covenant for generations and he raises our awareness of his promise himself. It's really not dependent on us and that should comfort us every day. We need some comforting these days. There are some real challenges and we need real hope like Romans 8 says and God promises in our lesson today. It's especially tough for the youth of this generation. So much confusion makes it hard for them to discern right from wrong. One way we have tried is through the motivational speaker round. Before Mike came as our youth minister and for years before that, Marcy and I would attend the youth gatherings and we saw our fair share of these motivational speakers the church found for our youth. Some were not so great. Either they were poor communicators, or their video presentations wouldn't work properly, or they were good preachers, but that just didn't translate into talking for hours with kids in a lingo that held their attention. I have watched a really pretty woman get up on stage and spit into a cup and drink it and screech at the kids. I watched a pastor stand in a kiddie pool and smear mud all over himself. I have seen another pastor from Colorado tell jokes that just didn't land because they were not funny or didn't relate to youth culture. Now, please hear me correctly. I would not have done a much better job than any of the worst of these did. Probably worse. Which is why I only attended with the kids and never volunteered to speak to the kids. This takes skills way beyond my means. And the embarrassing presentations I saw convinced me to avoid similar humiliation standing on the stage. There's only one that I saw accomplish this feat effectively in the 15 or so years I was watching. And he was different in a very specific way. Most of the speakers would come out and tell you about their successes and their credentials and why you should listen to them. Newsflash, if you want a younger generation to listen to you, telling them they should because you've earned it may not be the best place to start. What he did differently that got everyone's attention and held it was telling a story, sometimes about himself, sometimes about other youths, which gave him permission to share it, concerning situations where failure, embarrassing calamity, or self-destruction was the plot. He was gifted at telling the tale with enthusiasm that was catchy and humor that made the disastrous situations palatable and even enjoyable to come alongside him, knowing it could, and sometimes did, happen to us as well. Then, he would share how the solution to the embarrassment, calamity, or destruction was re-establishing confidence, redemption, and rebuilding in Christ. He would share from Scripture how Christ would empathize with embarrassment, that Christ lived through calamity and experienced utter destruction to himself, even by the people he loved. 
Then he would share the pure gospel of Jesus' ability to conquer everything because he conquered torture, crucifixion, and even death itself, literally dying in our place for all the embarrassment, calamity, and destruction we caused ourselves because of our sin. And rising from the dead, he showed how Jesus could raise anyone from the dead too. I'm sure other speakers did this also, but I just don't remember when they did. But when Bill Yonkers spoke, I don't necessarily remember all the details of his funny stories, but boy, do I remember the hope he gave those kids. I remember the hope he gave Marcy and me too, because I remember every word he said about our Savior Jesus. That's what God is promising to us in our lesson today. Hope that he established in the cross of Christ that redeems us from our sins. That is the point of our school's education, to give hope to every child in an increasingly hopeless world. That is the message for each and every one of you that has lost a loved one. Hope that because of Jesus, they shall live again. And that is the reason for coming here to worship our Lord in a word and sacrament, we have the hope, even if we can't remember the details or even the name of the person sitting next to us in the pew, we remember him. Since Mike has taken over, I'm increasingly forgetting all those stories of youth camps, retreats, and national gatherings. I know, it happens to the best of us. The more we remember, the more we seem to forget. But Jesus makes it easier to have hope. All we have to do is focus on and remember him. Oh, but I do remember one thing Bill Yonker always said when he finished his motivational speaking for the youth retreats. He goes on. I may not see you again. Our paths may not cross again, but you can rest assured because of Jesus and what he did, I will be waiting with Jesus for you in heaven. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.